Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. Hi, I'm Lot. Uh, you can find me at the Lady of Tarth on Twitter. I am joined with Chicky. Hey, I am Chicky. I'm at the Chickren on Twitter. Uh, Devin. Hey, this is Devin GD Harpo on Twitter. And Guile. Hi, I'm Guile. I tweet at Door Podcast. All right, thanks for joining. Um, we are continuing our read of the A Song of Ice and Fire series with A Game of Thrones, Eddard Six. Um, just so you know, we do spoil everything, so be aware. Um, let's see. Ned is getting a hell of a party thrown in his honor, and he does not want it. <laughs> the city is going bonkers with the influx of people coming in. Um, you know, that coupled with the heat wave, it's getting very unruly. Um, sky, uh, the, the crime rate has skyrocketed. Janice Slint is asking for more men. Ned tells him that Littlefinger will give him the coin to hire more. He also promises 20 of his own guards. Um, the rest of the council assure Ned that the tourney is good for the city. Uh, it'll, you know, business is booming, especially at the inns and the whorehouses. Um, the talk also turns to Stannis, who is anti-whore, by the way. Um, we, we get hit in the head with that several times throughout this chapter. Um, Ned wonders when he's, um, wonders when Stannis is going to return from Dragonstone to take his seat. Um, the dude bros on council joke more about whores and Ned leaves. <laughs> He returns um, back to his tower and then he find he well, actually, does anyone want to go over any of that stuff before I move on? I just love how much Ned hates that they're doing all this in his name. Like he hates it. It's like a My Sweet 16 party and the <laughs> kid doesn't actually want it. <laughs> yeah, the parents want it. Like, stop I just calling wish that. I just wish Stannis was there because Stannis on this particular small council just would have been so delightful. I know, right? I feel like we got robbed. We did. We did. Well, and I just love how much in the last few chapters, um, Stannis's absence is so important. Like, it's kind of like this nagging background thing of where is Stannis? What's going on with Stannis? I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's really setting you up for. Basically. Well, and it's so, you know, we're like not even halfway through the book at this point. And I think, you know, if you're reading it for the first time, you're kind of waiting for Stannis to show up. You know, right? I mean, <laughs> you get so Never many does. great like descriptors of him, like, like, yeah. the thing about like, he does not like whores and he goes to his wife's uh, bedchamber. Like he's on March doing his and, like, duty. Renly's <laughs> such a dick too. Like his ugly daughter, like, fuck you, Renly. That's your niece. Like, don't be a dick about that. Well, shows you what Renly, some of his Renly. standards and values and what he values yeah. in life, where that is. But this Stannis thing is part of why I was so annoyed at the way that the the show adapted the books, because they just did like a straight book adaptation and they didn't kind of like step back and go, what's the story? What's going to make this make more sense for people? Stannis should have in some way existed in the first season. He should have been there so people understood how important he was. I mean, I realize the show never understood how important he is, but when you read the books, you know, 
Like, even though you've never seen Stannis in person on page, he's a very big character in the background. So you'd have, like, a flash to um, Dragonstone. Dragonstone. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because when he shows up in the show, it's just like, huh? Who's this guy? (laughs) Who is this (laughs) and why do we care? Exactly. Or if you were going to do John Aaron's body set out, you know, like, in the Red Keep the way that they did on the show, you know, that weird Cersei and Jaime scene where they're having that discussion, show Stannis sneaking out of the Red Keep then or something. You know what I mean? Like... Get Stannis in there so that the viewers know who he is and that he's mm-hmm. important. I can't picture Stannis sneaking. <laughs> sneaking out? No. <laughs> That's absolutely not in Stannis' ability to sneak, I don't think. <laughs> okay, get Stannis marching out of the room. There you go. <laughs> Grimly. I'm leaving. <laughs> so I see Ned returns back to his tower and then he's flipping through the worst titled book ever. Um, the lineages and histories of the great houses of the seven kingdoms with description of many high lords and noble ladies and their children by Grand Maester <laughs> Malion. <laughs> <laughs> you know he had fun writing that title. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Let's see. So far, Ned can't figure out why John Aaron was into this book. That's where we're at in this point. Um, Jory reports on his conversations with the four former servants of John Aaron. Um, he's turning up nothing of real interest. Sir Hugh of the Vale wasn't that cooperative. Um, he's refusing to speak to a lowly captain. Um, the others are the stable boy, who basically is like, he brought his horses apples and carrots. That's about all he got out of that dude. Uh, the serving girl was more pleasant. Um, she said that John was troubled over the health of his son and quarreled with his wife some. The pot boy had the most gossip, like all the tea. Uh, he <laughs> said the Lord had been quarreling with the king. He was going to send Robin to be fostered at Dragonstone. Um, he had taken an interest in breeding um, of hunting hounds. Uh, he had commissioned new suit of plate with Stannis. He also claims John Aaron was in good shape, often going riding with Stannis. Um, the boy also told Jory that Stannis and John Aaron visited a brothel. Now this like information throws Ned for a loop. That, that seems weird. <laughs> Stannis would never do that. Or John Aaron, I feel like too, but I mean, I just feel like that because I think of him as being like super, super old. But, you know, I guess really I don't know why I should think that. I'm as naive as Santa. I mean, um, <laughs> with a wife like Liza, I mean, I... No, let's not... Poor Liza. Let's not bash Liza. But I mean, like... These pop boys seem to have a lot of information. He's in the kitchen. so everybody's gossiping. I guess. Let's see. Um, Ned asked Jory to get his doublet with the wolf on it. You know, Ned at this point is kind of getting dressed up to impress. Um, he also adds his uh, chain of the hand. Um, so for, before they move on to Steel Street, um, we also get some choice bits. Oh, sorry. So before we move on to Steel Street, I wanted to like mention these other two choice bits that happen in this chapter. And we get like, um, again, just the Stannis' character, again, being drilled that he's so different than his brothers. And then mm-hmm. the, the the siege at Storm's End, where he held it for a year, subsisting on rat meat and boiled leather. 
And then we have Renly also like immediately right after um, where he has an exchange with Ned, where he shows him this lovely rose gold locket with a portrait of Loras Tyrell's sister, in which he asks Ned if she looks anything like Lyanna, which was weird. I don't remember this. Yeah, yeah no, this is, uh, I mean, I remember it, but yeah, it's so weird. What? Why? I don't know how I, Ned just... I remember this because I is this even about why? I, I mean, who does that? Like, hey, does this look like your? Look at look at what I carry around with me. Does this look like your sister, your dead sister? Like, I don't, <laughs> why would you do this? <laughs> well, I mean, we know it's because he's thinking at this point of dangling her in front of Robert. Yeah, which I think is funny because you know Robert clearly has such discriminating choices. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, dangle anyone in front of Robert that would you know. Yeah, Especially if say. they're going to discredit Cersei. So, like, if he's in the market for a wife, like, any, you know, pretty young I see. pretty young noble girl would be I think as long know, as she's breathing and she's got boobs, Robert's <laughs> right. interested. Yeah. Put, you know, like, a flask of uh, ale in her hand, you're good to go. You in front of Robert, and he'd consider. <laughs> yeah. I just feel like one <laughs> of those. You're not wrong. Yeah. I haven't done that before. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Um, hey. Ned takes his men riding through the crowded streets of King's Landing. Uh, they get to the mud gate where we're introduced to Beric Dundarian. I think this is the first time we see him. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's arriving to, I guess, participate. Or sorry, he says win the tournament. Um, Ned and his men turn towards the Street of Steel riding up the winding street to Tobo Mott's um, large home in business. And Tobo Mott proclaims he's different than all the other armorers. His work is art, and uh, he can put color in armor like no one else can. He works with Valerian steel. He offers to fashion a direwolf helm for Ned. So real, the children will all run away from you. Um, Ned instead asks if he can... uh, Actually, Ned asks if he has ever made a falcom helm for Lord Aaron. And then it's pretty obvious at this point to Tobo that Ned's not there to buy anything. And eventually Ned, um, he tells Ned about John and Stannis' visit and how they wanted to see uh, the boy. Ned asks if he can see him. So Ned meets Gendry. He's got thick black hair, blue eyes, and he's strong for his age. Tobo tells Gendry to show Ned the helm that he's made. Ned admires the bowl-shaped helmet and offers to purchase it. Tobo Mott is horrified when Gendry refuses. <laughs> and then Tobo asks for Ned's forgiveness. Let's see. Um, Ned asks Gendry what John Aaron asked him about when he visited with Stannis. And, you know, the, he just tells him also like a series of questions, mostly about if I was treated well, do I like my job? He asks about his mother, what she looked like, and he describes her as a woman with yellow hair who worked at an and inn. And boobs, implied. <laughs> <laughs> and she sang to him. Aww. This got me thinking about the show, that bit with Cersei with her black-haired boy. Yeah, that's and then, stupid. Yeah, Why the fuck her did they do that? Such a weird... In the books, I mean, she has an abort. Like Jamie helps her have an abortion when she gets pregnant with Robert's child, you know. So it does yeah. happen, but you know, no, this no, had to be some. She immediately gets bonding. rid of it, right? Yeah. Right. But are they were they in the show? Like, did they just forget that they were going to do something around this? Like, maybe imply that I think 
as we've all covered, they didn't read any further than the Red Wedding on their first read through. So they probably didn't know about Valencar or how important it was that Cersei had only had three yeah, kids. Yeah. I don't fucking know what they were thinking and why they didn't realize that with Gendry in their own show, everybody was automatically going to think he was Cersei's and the real heir of the throne. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, so in this illustri- in this illustrated copy of Game of Thrones, you know, this this chapter is with a you know very lovely picture of Gendry, who I mean could not look more like um, what's his? Oh my God, what's his name? Robert? No, the actor. Uh, the actor. Oh, Joe it looks Dempsey. like Joe Dempsey. Joe Dempsey. Dempsey. Yeah, it looks uh, a lot, yes. like a it hairy does look a lot like Joe him. Dempsey with hair, but yeah, is it's it? totally like him. Yeah, it's like if they didn't draw, you know, either they drew it for Joe Dempsey or it's just like perfect, you know, perfectly physical casting for it. Like he's, you know, just yeah, he looks stunningly like him. Just a foot too short. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But I mean, so was Mark Addy, but you know, he's yeah, perfect, yeah. so. I feel like Tobo Mott just seems like, I mean, if you're not getting your armor and your swords and stuff from him, like you're like, who are you going to? Like, he just seems like he's the best. Yeah, you'd have to have well, like an appointment to get into that place, I would think. Yeah, most times he's true. the best, and he knows how to work Valyrian steel, so that you know yeah. that Gendry knows. Yeah, something about it. I'm pretty sure that will eventually matter at some point. Unlike that dumb goddamn show they bothered to have gendry like working in a forge in winterfell in the show and i'm like is this just like half a nod or did they stumble into this i don't know <laughs> somebody remind reminded them with the they happen to remember that that's <laughs> is that it did. and they was like oh well, well we can have him working him, there in working they winterfell. wanted him half naked though too so that he could have <laughs> sex with Arya. so i mean i think that's part of it but you know, I read the comics that they're slow. They're slowly working their way through Clash. Um, and um, when when Gendry was introduced in the Game of Thrones one, it was a really big deal, and that's important because George is very informative of how the comics are shaped. Hmm. And Gendry himself is very much the focus, like more so than just you know part of the MacGuffin investigation that Ned is doing into <laughs> Westerosi genetics. Like Gendry is a big deal. Well, and I mean we've. You know, again, Gendry's one of those characters that gets strategically placed, too. So, like, right now, he's in the Riverlands with, you know, who knows where he's going to go. Like, he could end up with the, you know, if you think, like, maybe the Blackfish is heading for the Vale, or he ends up in a Jamie Brienne or just Brienne grouping headed somewhere. Like, he's mm-hmm. he's going to be part of this group that's, you know, going to form form up together. It's just which one of these groups is he you know, is he going to go to, but I mean, he's been placed like in the middle of, you know, all of this action in the Riverlands for a reason. Oh yeah. Yeah. And people will go on and on about, you know, how Edric Storm is really the important bastard of Roberts. And I'm like, no, he's not. Who gets introduced first? Yeah. Gendry and Maya, that's who. (laughs) Right. Who do we know? You know, we know Maya, you know, we know who Maya, you know, we know her personality. We know what she's like. We know who she is. And we know the same thing of Gendry. You know, we know, we know them as people and we don't know anything about Edric Storm other than he seems like a perfectly fine, you know, little kid, but nothing. Yeah, he's a nice kid. I mean, yeah. like, I don't, I don't mean anything against Edric Storm, no. but it's just, you know, clearly yeah, Gendry. We were going to get own. letters. No. <laughs> <laughs> we are. Edric Storm fandom is going to rain down on us. <laughs> <laughs> 
let's see. Uh, Ned takes a closer look at Gendry once more, and he's basically like, yes, I see it. And Ned asks Tobo, who's been paying for Gendry's apprentice fee. Um, he describes him as a lord, paid twice the rate. He had no sigil, a brown beard with a bit of red in it. And I'm just going to read the end to close us off here. He wore a rich cloak, that I do remember. Heavy purple velvet worked with silver threads, but the hood uh, shadowed his face. I never did see him clear. He hesitated a moment. My lord, uh, I want no trouble. None of us wants trouble, but I fear those are troubled. These are troubled times, Master Mott, Ned said. You know who the boy is. I am only an armorer, my lord. I know what I'm told. You know who the boy is, Ned repeated patiently. This is not a question. The boy is my apprentice, the master said. He looked Ned in the eye, stubborn as an old iron. Who he was before he came to me, that's none of my concern. Ned nodded. He decided that he liked Tobomot, master armorer. If the day ever comes when Gendry would rather wield a sword than forge one, send him to me. He has the look of a warrior. Until then, you have my thanks. Master Mott, and, uh, my promise. Should I ever want a helm to frighten children, this will be the first place I visit. His guard was waiting outside <laughs> with the horses. Did you find anything, my lord? Jax asked Ned as he mounted up. I did, Ned told him, wondering. What had John Aaron wanted with a king's bastard, and why was it worth his life? And that's the end of that. So we, I mean, I did a little research. We assume that it's Varys that paid for his apprenticeship in one of his. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, Varys, right? Yeah, he's stout, and he, we know that he has those disguises with beards, and, you know, he, a purple cloak sounds pretty on brand for him. And then mm-hmm. Varys saves him later, right, when Cersei's killing all of the the bastards. Right. Do we think this is part of his, like... Varys is the one who saves him? I thought just Tobo Mott got wised up and sent him oh, okay. to the Night's Maybe. Watch. Okay. That, I don't remember, though. Well, we'll find out in a few Yeah, chapters. we'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, how exciting. Something to discover. <laughs> <laughs> that we've already read. I know. <laughs> I know, but it's... No, there's too much to remember. There's too much really to remember is. all the detail. Which is why, like, when we make fun of, um, you know, some of the continuity errors in the books, like, we should really shut up about it. <laughs> You know, <laughs> even professional editors are going to have an issue with some of this stuff. Do we have um, any mail for this we, chapter? We do. Um, we have a general, this is, we have a Podbean comment on our first ever episode of the podcast from GGGG. I'm just sorry. Says, oh, this is adorable. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, back when we really were sweet summer children. Adorable. Um and then we have one from Iruna on the subreddit who says, um, Gotta love how Janos explains the last two nights. Uh, drunk horse race and a missing body. If I didn't know him, I'd pity him. Um, <laughs> you know, sure, Ned, Ren- Renly fancies Marjorie. That's what it is. Um, she asks, who do you think paid for Gendry? Um, and she says, I mean, I know why they did it, but I don't think Robert would care enough. Um, Stannis seems offended by his mere existence, and Lord Aaron had to meet him and ask questions, so I don't think he knew him beforehand. So, yeah, I think it yeah. seems like it's probably probably various. But, yeah, I think, like, some of the very start of the chapter was just all of the chaos surrounding um, the turning of the hand. You know, like, a woman's head was found in some rainbow fountain. And, like, yeah, it just seems like, crazy. like they're just, like, going crazy in King's Landing. 
Like, uh, I can't like think English of... soccer fans hit in town. <laughs> uh, yeah, like times a million. Like I can think yeah. of the last place I'd want to be. <laughs> it would be during this time in that I city. I don't know. I mean, I'd like to go to the tourney. I think that'd be kind of fun. Uh, yeah, but be one of those people that like camp on the outskirts. <laughs> you know? Well, tailgate, you know. Yeah, you sure. don't want to be in the city. <laughs> <laughs> right, we'll, we'll yeah, okay. tailgate. <laughs> we'll be fine. We got anything else? Nope, that's it. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, short and sweet. All right. Thanks, guys. This was a fun app. Um, uh, we do like getting mail. So if you want to send us a message, you can uh, and at gmail.com. You can reach us at closethedoorandcomehere.tumblr.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at Door Podcast. Um, consider subscribing, if you can, to this podcast on Patreon. Um, if you can't do that, you can also like, review, and subscribe wherever you may listen. And I just want to thank everybody for podcasting today. I am now closing the door. Get out.